0: Hello and welcome to the Wisden Cricket Weekly Podcast from Taunton. I'm Yaz Ryan, and this evening I'm joined by Wisden's Harry Josephs on this evening's show. We're here an interview with England's newest spinner, Matt Parkinson. But before that, Harry and I will talk a bit about what we saw here today at Taunton. Somerset resuming the day on 75 for four were pinned back by Essex to 130 for eight and then 144 for nine before Jack Leach and Rudolf van der Merwe combined to put on 59 for the 10th wicket to get Somerset up to a final score of 203. A very handy score on this deck. Harry, what is it about Jack Leach and Valiant 10th Wicket Partnerships this summer?
2: Well, in all seriousness, he just puts a real value on his wicket, which is just its really impressive to do that when you're batting at number 11. I know he got up to number 10 for the England side. But I imagine as when you're the senior batsman, I know Vandermeer was at 10, but he's batted from 3 to 10 in all cricket. So he's more than capable with the bat. Mm. I imagine that gives you great confidence to say, I can be a positive, but I can also at the same time back Jack to block six balls out without doing anything crazy other than maybe the odd silly single. Yeah, There was no Nathan Lyon today.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting though. Having Leach at the other end compared to a normal number 11, he just he he just got a very solid technique. So I think as a batsman, you do less stupid things or you don't take as many risks, the score runs, because you know that actually... I can I can give him a few balls and then I'll be fine in the next over.
2: Do you think that 92 against Ireland gave Leach huge confidence that not necessarily I can score 92 every time I mm. bat, but I'm more than capable of sticking at an end and being a really useful foil and also really able to frustrate the opposition?
0: Mm, 100%, 100%. Uh, at a very different level of the game, I'm a lower order batsman tail ender. And for me it makes a massive difference if I bat higher in the order and do all right in one game, because then I then have the confidence that I can do, I can do well when when, when the team is expecting something for me. Um, on, on van der Merwe, he's got to be one of the best number 10s ever. Uh, he's got a first class double 100. He's got on one day, 150. He really took the attack to Simon Harmer today and it and it paid off. Here's what he said about that at the end of the day.
2: Oh, it's hard, a situation like today, or well, where the wicket is turning, it, you, you can either sit and wait or you can play. It's, there's yeah. risk involved. I mean, I could have gotten out the first time I've taken a risk yeah. and it looked, like, it looked absolutely silly. But on the day, it's worked and yeah, got my team in a good position. We felt, well, I, I felt anything above 150,
1: You know how the weather's gone and everything's gone. I mean, you can't control the weather. But I think uh, 200 and end was a competitive uh, total. So, Harry...
0: What, what do you make of Van der Merwe's innings? Because it was a proper game changer. Until that point, Simon Harmer was all over Somerset, and then when Van der Merwe came in, he he really took the attack to him, and it paid off big time.
2: It was a really, really impressive innings, wasn't it? Um, I think he hit his first ball for six, if not four. He swept early in his innings, and you thought, "Ah, oh, there's a bit of intent here," and you could maybe. It's hard to criticise on that wicket any of the batsmen because you've got to go about your business your own way. But Able and Best they. They were solid in defence, but scoring runs looked really challenging, whereas Vandermeer just played in a real different mindset. He thought, you know what, I'm going to try and bully you out of the attack, Harmer, Mm. who had bullied the Somerset batsman up until that point. It's slightly baffling why he was batting at 10, why Craig Overton and Bess were above him, because he's obviously Mm. a fine, fine batsman, no disrespect to the other two. They're both good, very solid enough batsmen, Mm. but Vandermeer's a proper cricketer, isn't he?
0: Yeah, 100%. What about uh, the way Essex reacted to him? Do you think that Tendis Carter could have done anything else? Um, he dropped the field back totally. And I thought that took away Harmer's bucket-taking options. Harmer suddenly had to totally change the way he's been he'd has been he been bowling all day. And to be honest, all season, he was suddenly on the defensive. And the only way he was really getting Man out was being caught on the boundary. Um, and it's something that I think we're seeing a lot in cricket nowadays, that because of white ball cricket, batsmen are very... Uh, capable of hitting the ball over boundary rope fielders, so think this year we've seen two of the great ever innings with number ever batsmen Kusal Pereira and Ben Stokes is unbeaten hundreds taking away that wicket-taking option I think does make quite a big difference and I think they should have at least had one or two catches in there
2: Ab- absolutely I, I struggle to understand quite what the l- logic was I don't know if Harmer's I know Tender Scarter's captain, but is a senior spinner. You mm-hmm. would imagine he sets the same field if he said, you know what, I'm going to wait for Vandermeer to miss Q1. Eventually he will. That just seems crazy to me. Although there was a very good point made in the press box today that by that partnership extending with the amount of rain we've had, that basically meant Essex had less time to bat today, meaning they went in at stumps. You think maybe if they'd have got the wicket early, half an hour extra to bat, it it probably wasn't tender scars thinking it'd be quite a rogue way about going about your business but it might have played into Essex's hands almost better than 150 people all
0: out. yeah I, I get what you mean because if they did bowl them out for 150 then Essex would have had to bat, bat it quite a long way because today was quite a weird day in that everyone basically knew given the forecast that the day would end at T and had Somerset been bowled out for 150 Essex would then have had a much longer period to bat. And if you're thinking about ways in which Somerset win this game, taking three or four early wickets in that scenario would have gone a long way to achieving that. But that didn't happen. And in the end, actually, there was a really crucial passage to play where Nick Brown and Alistair Cook got through to T, 25 for naught. So two questions. So number one, there are suggestions at the end of the day that the ECB might be interested in the quality of the pitch. I think it seems fine even though I think 203 is a decent score on that. It kept low occasionally and it's spinning a lot, but there's nothing totally out of the ordinary. Do you think that's fair?
2: It's boring of me, but yeah, I completely agree yeah. with you. I don't have any problems with the wickets Somerset have created. They've created turning wickets for a few years mm. now. Again, no problem with that. It's I think it's good for our batsmen. We criticise wickets being too green and nibbling around too much and if they spin too much. But the players, you are top-level cricketers. You are top-level batsmen. You should be able to bat on most different wickets and to be able to adapt and change your game in order to succeed, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think it's been really high-quality bowling from Essex that's got their wickets as well. So Harman got uh, a lot of wickets, getting a lot of bounce in the pitch, bowling to a field where he has two men catching on the leg side, uh, short leg and kind of a leg slip. And he's and then Sam Cook has taken four wickets for basically nothing, but very economical. He bowled brilliantly again today. There were two, two very eye-catching wickets, one with Lewis Gregory where he just decided to leave one and off stump, hit him on the pad. And another one, I think the Tom Best that middle stump out of the ground Um, so it's been it's been good bowling that's got the wickets rather than any demons
2: in the pitch and the fact that Van der Merwe played the innings he did and almost to another level Leach got 11 or 14 or whatever he got he could he was able to score runs Mm. on that pitch Van der Merwe's innings that's the prime example you Mm. can score runs if you are positive and you judge your shots perfectly Mm. so for me no problems with that pitch at
1: all
0: and in terms of the game situation here, uh, the, I think the, if we had a, if this was a four day game, the game was set up so well, but it's not a four day game because of the weather we've had and the weather we're likely to have, uh, I'd say ordinarily the game would be in the balance. But Essex basically need to bat reasonably long once to seal the championship. Two sessions tomorrow, and you, some sense you take twenty wickets, and you and unless something truly remarkable happens, Essex will pass a follow on score with ease so is that is that how you how you see it going or do you or do you think that there's a chance that Jack Leach could roll through Essex
2: the only reason I almost think there's a chance is because of what this summer of cricket has been like yeah and it has just been so crazy but I think the realistic side of me thinks if probably looking at the weather if Essex were to finish tomorrow three or four wickets down I reckon personally I think this game's about done you but this summer, you just never know. You're, you'd be crazy to say that Essex have won the championship just yet, I mean,
0: we? we've seen so many times this summer where in county cricket and in recent seasons where you, you have like 25 plus wickets in a day. You never know. That could happen. This is, we are nearly in October. You never know.
2: It's true. And um, the Essex media guys were saying today they bowled Kent out for 40, didn't they? That that could exactly. then happen to them or exactly. they could do it to some set and they could win the game.
0: Exactly. Anyway. Early in the day, Harry spoke to England newbie Matt Parkinson about his call up in the indoor school, hence the bat sounds in the background. Apologies for that. It includes a great story of how he found out about his call up. Um Harry, before we we, we show the recording of of your interview with, with Matt, you talked very well about him yesterday. What's your kind of perception of how he's taken the the, the rise to the to full England setup?
2: Well, I should probably give a little bit of context. I know Matt reasonably well. I used to work at Leicestershire and know his twin brother Callum incredibly well. It didn't surprise me how Matt was at all. He's a he's a he's calm, he's relaxed and he backs himself. He knows he's a really, really good cricketer and he just took it in his stride. He probably, he's probably frustrated that they haven't played today because he will want Lanx to win that game of cricket. Um, I thought he spoke brilliantly. I thought you could tell that he was absolutely delighted and... Just on a side note, I think the little the story about how he felt getting Callum out was a really nice one mm-hmm. in the sense you'd think normally sibling rivalry, you always want it, but that was so far well, from the truth with Matt. He don't just,
0: give too much away. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, here is that interview between Harry and Matt.
2: Congratulations.
1: Thank you very much. I, I, I enjoyed listening to your podcast this morning. Very nice.
2: You, you had a listen, did you? That's a massive plug for us. I did. How did you find out about... A
1: cooler. Um so yeah I got a he meant to get a phone call um, so Saqib was obviously not playing his resting this week and he got a phone call at like 1.30 from Ed Smith whereas I was fielding at 1.30 um, so I was bowling uh, I was down at fine leg went in to bowl my over and at the end of the over uh, Stephen Croft who was at silly point got a notification on his eye watch uh, same, obviously I was in the squad. So a yeah, very odd way to find out. And then Sakeep shouted on from the balcony that I was in the squad. So not your usual way of finding out, but um, obviously pleased, pleased to get to get the call up.
2: That's absolutely amazing. Just on ben, Sakeep, just
1: rogue, rogue is anything.
2: Yeah, <laughs> just on Sakeep, um, Is he resting? Just as in his young and workload management and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, thought well obviously he's had a had a bit busy season and with the obviously the title being confirmed and um
1: yeah, I think it's just a chance to look at look at other teams. Obviously he's had, he's had a fantastic season and that's finished off when it being selected in both the Red Bull and the White Ball England squads.
2: Yeah, and back to yourself, did you did you expect to get the call up? Did you think it was coming or did you think as in without trying to sound brutal, you haven't played a huge amount of Red Bull cricket, it's just when you do play you take millions of crickets. Yes. <laughs> and... Um,
1: yeah, I had a I had a hope that I'd get called for the white ball squad Um, I thought the performances i put in the blast and hearing about how it was a young squad they were taking um, leaving out sort of the big dogs Um I had a hope that I'd get selected for the T20 squad Um but yeah to be selected in the red ball squad is obviously a huge honour and not something I wasn't expecting but I do pride myself on my red ball bowling and um, I don't pigeonhole do myself as a white ball operator and yeah, I think my numbers are quite good, and hopefully, I'm going to see some of that that they moving forward.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting. So, you would go as far as saying that your white ball cricket is slightly further ahead than your red at the minute, or do you see them on a parallel?
1: Um, yeah, you'd probably say my all-round game in white ball, uh, I'm more experienced. Um, I'm very lucky to bowl at, at Old Trafford, which is conducive to spin. Um, in my red ball, and I've probably not like your experience. brother then. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't mind Grace Field yesterday, but yeah, I can see it being a challenge week in, week out, um, having to ball spin there, um, which again it will be a challenge in South Africa, uh, sorry, New Zealand. Um, but yeah, um, I do see my my game in de- decent or in red ball cricket, and I'm uh, just viewing it as a chance to uh, learn learn more about my my red ball game.
2: And do you know, do you know many of the lads in the England in that squad? Obviously, you know your Lanx mates and Saki and Joss for the. Test stuff But any of the others?
1: Um, not particularly I've come across some In, in county cricket um the past sort of Four years um, But again I, I haven't played Much Lions cricket Um, Really um, So yeah I'll be some, some fresh faces And it'll obviously It'll be good to, good, to, good to Meet them And, and get, get to know them
2: Yeah And what about Sort of Your other part Of your winter As in you go away For the first part of it Have you got any Franchise cricket Lined up or anything?
1: Yeah, tough question. Um, it's all but up in the air at the minute. Is it? Um, yeah, we'll just see what happens, obviously, on, on this tour to New Zealand, um, see what develops from that. Um, trying to get a few gigs, but again, it's all dependent on selection and how I, obviously, perform, if, if selected in, in any of the T20s.
2: Yeah, and then I've got to ask you, he'll kill me, I'm sure, how good was getting cow out yesterday? Um, you didn't very, celebrate. Uh, I thought you'd give a bit. Nah, I, not didn't, a I bit. don't
1: enjoy it. I don't enjoy playing against him at all, Um, never never mind bowling at him. Uh, He played me very well, actually.
2: I watched pretty much every ball, as you can imagine, I would have, of him. Yeah, he played played well, to be sure. He played you better than any of the other Leicester batsmen.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, it's not something I enjoy. Um, I didn't mind it. When he got to 20, I relaxed a bit. Um, It's it's lose-lose, really. I want him to do well, whilst also wanting Lanks to do well.
2: So, so, perfect situations like Cal fifty, you bowl them out for yeah. one seventy type thing,
1: yeah, my idea would have been him to get a red reading ink and me get, me get everyone else out <laughs> instead um, but yeah it's not obviously being a twin, it's a different relationship, to it's being your brother like I don't think there's that there's a competitive edge, but not between each other. We both definitely want each other to do well, and I'm proud of him I'm, I'm proud of him, and I'm sure he's, he's proud of me, but yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a very nice moment um, getting him out.
0: Thanks for listening to today's show, folks. We'll be back tomorrow. If you're listening for the first time and you've enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button and tell your friends. See ya.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.